Well, there's so much in this book, isn't there? And I just sensed as Mel asked me to speak, and, and I was trying to figure out, okay, you're going to talk about verse 17 and 18. Um, but I just sensed the Spirit say, no, I just want you to go back, and I want you to start at verse 10. And there are some things that I want to rip out of verse 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and hopefully we're going to get right the way through uh, to about 22. But at the end of the day, it's not really about getting through each verse, is it? It's about eating. And, uh, and eating till we have our feed, our full, and then we're going to eat more and drink more. Because there are things in here that are critical. There are things he talks about Israel and the church. Um, there are things about living as a citizen of the kingdom of God, no longer uh, living as a citizen of earth, that you are uh, an, no longer an alien or a stranger to the things of the commonwealth of Israel because the Spirit has brought you into this other realm, this other life. But it starts, and, and, and really, once again, as we've been talking about, you know, it's, it's, everything's building upon a precept upon a precept. So, so much of chapter one brings us into chapter two. So much of understanding chapter two brings you into chapter three. So it, it's like this sight upon sight upon sight upon sight upon sight, and the sight is endless. And so as I spoke about this morning, that and as Paul preached, you know, going into the auditorium with the lights out, but being able to see what's actually there. Having the ability to see and not stumble over the chairs. Being able to just go grab the guitar and then bring it back into here, plug it in and start playing. Why? Because you have sight. So the kingdom of darkness, but you can see because you live from another kingdom. And so, so much we have to understand is understanding chapter one. Who can remember what chapter one was really all about? understanding the purposes of God, understanding why we've been created, understanding it's his power that brings us into this reality of what he's building, a people for his own possession. Okay, so I'm just going to go by line by line and just allow the Spirit just to speak as he wants to speak. So if we pick it up in verse 10, because, you know, 9 talks about being saved by grace. Aren't you grateful? But you're not just saved by grace. Everything is a work of grace. Everything is a work of his power. We don't strive. We don't try and do it. We have to surrender and through obedience allow his grace to bring us into this life that he writes about. Because that's what Paul did. Paul said, imitate me. He's saying, imitate my process. Imitate the way in which I came into life so you too could write. You too could actually write books called Ephesians. Why? Because you've come into oneness with me and the Father. So Paul writes from a revealed place, not a place of academia, a revealed understanding. He has the mind of Christ because of the process that he entered into. So in verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. It's, if you notice, you keep seeing these, I think Chris mentioned this, in Christ Jesus. For good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. We, the church, are his workmanship. It's funny, Keith came up and spoke because harps and guitars, this guitar is the work of Keith's hands. It's a pretty impressive guitar, isn't it? Probably cost a few thousand dollars. So we look at something that produces a sound. 
notes. It's beautiful to look at, but when it's played, creates a frequency, this beautiful sound that goes out into the atmosphere. This is the work of that man's hands. So, Jesus was a carpenter. He built tables. He built chairs. He built stuff. And then when the time was right, he said, I'm swapping trades. Had enough of being a carpenter. He said, now I'm going to start building people. You, my church, are going to be the work of my hands. You are going to be my workmanship. I'm going to build a church that's going to look like me. So like the guitar, like the harps, when we look, we see Keith's workmanship, precision, the beauty of it all, how it all works. And then the end product is a sound that we actually all enter into and we can worship him with. But we, we are the work of his hands. So he's building the church the way he has designed her to be built. Are we capturing this? So we are to look like the work of his hands. We are to speak like the work of his hands. We are to hear like the work of his hands. We are to model and behave because he is building us. We are his workmanship. Are we tracking? Then the Bible then says in one verse that there are these works that he has prepared beforehand. <laughs> this is fascinating. So there are these good works, not dead works, not any works, but there are these good works that the one who has built us has prepared beforehand, what? Before the foundations of the earth. So just like my life was built and prepared before the foundations of the earth that I was chosen, so were the works that I was going to perform in his name, through his power. So how do you know the works if you're not the work of his hands? You'll probably just do any works, but there are works that had been prepared beforehand. What were the works that you were going to build me into what? His people. Right, sons. And as he builds me, I'm going to know what the works are, the good eternal works, not temporal works, not any works, not works that fulfill my lack or my purpose, thinking I've got to do this to feel complete, I've got to do this to know who I am, I put my identity in works. No, works that have been prepared beforehand for me to walk in through the power of his spirit, but unless I'm being built, I'll never know what these works are. So I will just do any works in his name and maybe wonder why there's no life on these works. Well, maybe it's because I'm actually not surrendered to the building process. Because like the guitar has an exact sound when played, so are we. God does not make mistakes. He is intentional about everything. And he has a purpose that is very intentional to build a church, a bride that walks in the manner to which he walked. So that means we must be in the building process, correct? The way he builds. So then we are the work of his hands. We will reflect him. 
When the world looks at the church, they will see a church that is one, and they will know that Christ was sent for them. I wrestle with that because I go, Lord, where's this church? Because you don't lie. So you're not a liar and you swear by your name. And I believe that's possible. But it's not possible in my ability. It is not possible that I try and build the church. It's not possible in anything outside of your power, your strength, your gifting, you building your church. So God, I must surrender. You must surrender. You must surrender if we're going to be the church that this talks about. Otherwise, it won't be on the earth in a significant amount together, but it's fully possible. That's one verse. That we are his workmanship, prepared beforehand to do good works that what? We would what? What does it say? Walk in them. Do you know what the first work is that we're to walk in? It's to hear that he is one. That we would believe that he is one. The God of one. Not the God of two. The God of one. Because that's the God of truth. Because there's only one truth. His name is Jesus Christ. So if I know Jesus Christ and I'm coming to know Jesus Christ, what am I then able to do? What would be the next eternal work that I'm able to do? Hear, O Israel, my people, the Lord is one. Then love me with all your heart. You can't love me with all your heart unless you know I am the God of one, the truth, Jesus. Not a principle, not a set of facts, not a mental understanding, me. In me is life and life alone. Then what are you able to do? After you love me with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love others as yourself. But you can't know that unless you're in the building process. And you can't do that unless you're in the building process for you are my workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, eternal works. And the first one he starts with is to know him. For I cannot live that out if I do not know him. But as I come to know him and come to know him more, then I'm able to love him. Not with my love, with his love. Because through the knowing process, he puts that in me. In him is life, and that life is the light of men. The word came before the words. The light came before the light. So I need to surrender to the word who's going to build me so I can live out the works that have been prepared beforehand in the spirit. What works? The work's eternal purpose, which is now. Not an eternity, it's a now. I'm building a church on the earth. I've been building her for thousands of years who will reflect and walk in the manifold wisdom of me. That's what we've been invited to. We need a living revelation of it. To, We need our eyes open to be able to see it because it puts everything in perspective. It literally puts life in perspective. Without it, we're going to live for us. We'll choose us every time. We're wired to choose us because we know us. But as he opens our eyes and we start surrendering to the building process where we trust him if we don't yet know him, he starts to do this deep inner work 
And all of a sudden, this whole kingdom reality here and here starts to open up in you. It's just an innate natural response. You understand why faith is so important? The ability to see gives you the ability to let go of you and live for him. That's why it's not hard when he empowers you and enables you to let go of you. It's just an innate response. So we are the workmanship of his hands so that we would walk in these works. Verse 11, therefore remember that formerly, that's an important word, formerly you the Gentiles in the flesh who are called the uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision which is performed in the flesh by human hands. Do you think there were Israelites of the flesh? So there are Gentiles in the flesh and there are Israelites in the flesh but formerly you were called this. Well who are we called now? Because this is a former He's about to tell you who you now are. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ. Who remembers those days? I've got a great reference for them. <laughs> Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Remember, formerly, this was your situation. Formerly. Let's go have a look at Galatians 5. Galatians 6, sorry. Galatians 6 verses 15. Galatians 6, 15, just the book before. For neither is circumcision anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. Everyone say a new creation. I'm a new creation. I'm the work of his workmanship. I am being built by God. I am a brand new creation. I'm not a modified one. I'm not one that's been tweaked. I'm a brand new creation because the creator is building a brand new person. Not an old person, a brand new person. Remember, circumcision is nothing. This law, this physical act that means jack, nothing. We're so bound by the physical, we're so bound by our rules, we're so bound by stuff. Religious practice, traditions, and it's got no life. It might be good, but it's got no life. We need to stop eating from the tree of the knowledge of good. And evil. Greg, is it evil? No. Is it good? Yes, but it's got no life. There's only one tree to eat from. It's called Christ. He's the tree of life. And yet we continue to eat traditions and ceremony and stuff and think it's, oh, this is Christianity. No, it's not. If it comes from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the roots are fallen, corrupt. So it may be good, but it doesn't produce life. There's nothing wrong with knowing intellectual knowledge in your head, but it doesn't produce life unless it's empowered by the Spirit of God. So the problem is it can actually puff you up thinking you're in life, but you're in a counterfeit life. 
It's good. See, it's good. It's not bad. It's good. It's just not God. It's the same thing with the wineskin, but it's good. The wine was good. He says, yeah, but it's time for a change. I want you to drink of me. See, good is not God. And that's where the hoodwink is for the church because we go, but this is good. Well, maybe it's good. It's just not going to bring life. So he says this, and this is Paul again. Paul writes so many books, didn't he? He knew some things. Verse 16, and those, so we're a new creation, and those who will walk by this rule, what rule? Being a new creation, not living under circumcision, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. Now, who's that? Now, let's just quickly flick to Exodus. Yeah. This is one story throughout the entire book, 19. This has been here right from the beginning of time. Do you know all this? It's just whether we can see it. We say, well, that's the old. It doesn't relate today. Rubbish. Where do you think Jesus got most of his preaching from? (laughs) The law, the prophets, the Psalms, they write about me. Today I fulfill them all. I speak forth life. Okay, look at Exodus 19, verses 5. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my what? Own possession. What does yours say? Special treasure. Woo, come on. You want to be a special treasure? His own possession among all the peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, a people who are my possession, who love me like I love them, who are the work of my hands, who allow me to build them into the image of my son through my power who surrender to the building process, who allow me into their deepest secrets, darkest moments, for I come and as a deposit, I place my Holy Spirit upon you and I fill you with my spirit as a deposit. We've looked at this stuff. What for? For the building work of the power of the Spirit as you surrender to the work of the Spirit, as you hear the word of the Spirit that goes out, as you receive it, accept it, believe it, it performs its work in you it's a building word sandra's message last week the word that builds god's own position for you are called to be a priestly kingdom priests spiritual priests not physical ones not people that run around in black clothing with dog collars on and come and sit down next to me here and confess your sin I'm not knocking that. I'm trying to say it's kingdom priests, spirit priests. We're all called to be priests. There's no, oh, you've gone through this school, so you're now a priest. We are all priests. If you're in Christ, you're a priest. Do you know who you are? See, the, uh, Paul's illustration, going out, taking you into the dark. Do you know? Can you see you're a priest? Priest, minister to God and minister to the people, didn't they? The Old Testament priests, they ministered to the Lord. The Lord came, they ministered to the people. No different today. Love God, love people. You just need to know God. Otherwise, no priestly ministry. Isn't it cool? He saved you of sin. 
the Old Testament, the, under the Old Covenant, was one person got to go into the Holy of Holies. You didn't really want to be that person. You had to be so spotless if there was any sin, because they tied a rope around your ankle, and if you dropped dead, the bell would go off and they just pull you out. The Bible says that you and I, he is a forerunner into that place, the Holy of Holies, through the order of who? Melchizedek, the spiritual priesthood. So as a spiritual priest, are you going boldly before the throne of grace and asking, seeking, and knocking for all the things that are available in the kingdom that you would be the work of his hands and live like it? Two verses. (laughs) I tell you, man, this is food to last eternity. And it's everywhere. Let's go back to Ephesians. We've got hope now. The God of hope is going to fill us with hope, is filling us with hope. We're no longer strangers to the covenants of promise. Why? Because they are promises of the what? Flesh or spirit? Spirit. It's always been about the promise of the spirit. Even at the beginning, it was never about the law. The promise of Abraham by faith is of spirit. Relationship. Not rules, relationship. So we've been brought in. Formerly, guys, we had no clue. But not now. Formerly with this, now we are this. Here we go, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, thank you, Lord, you who were formerly far off have been brought near by what? The blood of Christ. This is to be living, real, powerful. I hear the blood of Jesus. Thank you. No, no. The blood of Christ. Where is the life source in your body? What happens if you lose blood? You die. So there's life in the blood. Life had to be shared for the sacrifice of sin, for an animal couldn't cut it. He had to come and do the work. And in that life that died and rose again is life, is power to raise someone out of the flesh into the spirit, workmanship to get on with what we're called to get on with. This is what he's saying. You were formerly dead. Nada, gone. You partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, separation, iniquity, sin, No hope, but now, because of Christ, because of the blood, when you receive Christ, you are now being able to live and live well, not just survive, to live well, meaning kingdomly. Verse 14, for he himself is our peace. See, he's everything. Man, we, do we have to stop separating everything out from Christ and putting it into little boxes? We do it with our life, don't we? We separate it out, marriage, kids, friendships, work. We do it with Jesus. We go, well, there's Jesus. Right now I've got to go find love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, 
Man, that's a lot of work. It took me a whole long just to find joy. Where did peace go? Anyone seen it? Have you found it? You found peace? Let's look together. We'll find it together. He says, just look at me. It's all contained in me. No, no, I already know you. No, you don't know me to the way you ought to know me. Don't ought as you know as you ought to know. Does that come out right? You don't know as you ought to know. Don't think more highly of yourself. It's all contained in the Christ. Colossians 2.2 2 tells us that. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, the act of opposition, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so that in himself he might, he might make the two into one new man. What's he looking for? His own possession. His people. The Bible says he came for the lost tribe of Israel, yes? See, I'm not here for you guys. I'm not here for you Gentiles. I'm for the lost tribe of Israel. I'm for the tribes that got lost when I separated the kingdom out. And they've dispersed into the earth. I've come for them. Go first to the lost tribe of Israel, he said to his disciples. And what about us, the Gentile? I'll get round to you. But in his heart of hearts, before everything started, he saw us, didn't he? So was he also looking for the lost Gentiles, as well as the lost tribe of Israel? I think so, because I was chosen like they were chosen. So before the foundations of the earth, he saw me and chose me like he chose the chosen ones that we teach. Oh, those are the chosen ones, and I'm the second-class cattle citizen. Those are the guys in premium economy and business class, and I'm at the back scraping in to the economy because they're the chosen people of God. You heard this? Well, then what am I? You see, are we talking flesh or are we talking spirit? Are we talking physical or are we talking spiritual? Is God the God of the spirit or is he of the flesh? So we need to understand God's perspective so we can see, so we can live appropriately in an alignment to what is being declared. Now, here are three things, because these are really important. People say, here's three mindsets. Church and Israel are completely separate. You might not know this. These are three mindsets within the body that are taught that the church and Israel are completely separate. It's taught that the church has taken over the role of Israel. Have you heard that? It's called replacement theology. The church has replaced Israel. That's a belief system in the body of Christ that many people believe in. I believe in the grafted in reality. That God grafts us both into himself. 
There is a role for people called Jews in the end times. In fact, the church, and if she fulfills her role, a part of their role in seeing and not believing, going, what is this? Because we live a life that confuses them because of the scriptures they know, but not the person they know. And it's called grafted in to the vine. But don't get arrogant because you might lose your place in the vine. So if he can graft us in, he can graft them back in. I believe this is the true position of one that God is looking for upon the earth. But we separate it out. And that leads to protests. That leads to flesh positions where we have to protect Israel. Because Israel is the chosen people. And what's happening, do you believe that if Israel government nuke a country, God is happy with that? Well, we support them, though, when they do it. That's not the God. I don't believe that's the God. I believe there's something that we as his people need to understand in the spirit. But you can't find it through just reading words on a page. See, what we do is we read words on the page and come up with a conclusion. Unless the word reveals the words, you know nothing. And you will come up with your theology like replacement theology. Or they're completely separate. Oh no, it's them and an us. But that's not what I read here through the word. Not the words, the word. That he is making the two one. His heart from the beginning before man ever sinned. Hear, O Israel, the one that wrestles with God. That I am the God of one, not two, sorry, <laughs> one. See, the power of one, do you know the life is in understanding the God of one? That's where life is. It's not in anything. It's not in the two. It's in the one. He is building a bride. Is she going to have two heads? We're Israel, we're the church. Hi. One might be prettier than the other. Are there going to be two brides? How do we come up with this stuff? Because we try to understand it through our mind, not through our spirit, which Jesus is understanding the spirit through the power of revelation. I'm your teacher. You can't teach yourself. Don't even try going there. You will come up with garbage. You will teach it. And everyone will say, yes, who also is in the flesh, and you will lead many astray. You will be the false prophet, the false teacher. You're still saved because my love's covering that. This is powerful because the invitation goes out to all. Okay? So let's pick it back up. Himself, he might make the two into one, thus establishing peace, might reconcile them both in one body to God through the what? That was a stumbling block to them, wasn't it? See, here's the funny thing. If it's completely separate, when Paul, who was a Jew, committed his life to Christ, who is he? Have you thought about this? Man, I'm confused. I don't know whether I'm the church or whether I'm a Jew, an Israelite. Who do they become? Do they stay Israelites? Do they become the whole church? 
Which way? Because they're in Christ. I reckon you just become his possession. You become the people of the Spirit. Disciples. We want to name it, don't we? We need to box it to understand it. We've got to give it a title so we can feel comfortable. Oh my goodness, let's give this thing a title so we don't manifest. Because the mystery freaks us out because we're not good at mystery. We don't know how to walk in mystery. So we stand back and then we try and figure it out. And he goes, you've got to walk in the mystery, the unknown to make it known. We are disciples of Christ. The Bible even says that the Jews that got converted become disciples of Christ. Nicodemus became a disciple of Christ. People of the Spirit. All for the purpose of one purpose, two, three, four, one. Okay, so one body to God through the cross by it having put to death the enmity, the act of opposition. And he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. You know all the 3,000 that got added on the day of Pentecost? Who were they? Jews. They were all Jews from the different nations that have been scattered. They heard their language. What's going on? Are these guys drunk? No, it's only the beginning of the day. They're speaking through the power of the Spirit and each group heard through the tongue their language. And then what did they do? Peter got up and started preaching. The Jew gets up and starts to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they receive, 3,000 receive, what do we do? Get baptized and 3,000 people got added to the who? <laughs> to the people of God. It's beautiful. And it's not saying that there's not a role for them here and for us, but ultimately... It's God's people, and he has purposes for us as his people. Look at verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints. Do you know what 1 Corinthians 6 says? The saints are going to judge the world. When? When he returns, go read the book of Revelation. Sit with me on my throne, and I give you authority as my father gave authority. What for? To rule with me. What an invitation. He says, you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the Apostles and prophets. Oh, they don't exist today. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, they don't worry about those. Those gifts are gone, long gone. Oh, okay. 
guess that's why we might not have the church on the earth that he gives gifts to the church to build a church that's one. But if you throw the gifts out and you kill them, maybe you get the fruit of that. Just saying. See, I went to Cambodia, just got back. Because I'm not a citizen, I need a visa to get in. So I've got to go stand in a line with a lovely photo of myself, 30 US dollars and my passport. And I watch all these other Cambodians just go, <laughs> snap, 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 and they're into Cambodia. They're into Phnom Penh. Well, I have to wait. May not even get in if they don't like me. Might not like the look of me. What are you doing here? You're not one of us. You're certainly not one of us. <laughs> you see, they have access to things that I need to pay money for because they are citizens of that nation. Now, if they come here when I come here, I'm able to just walk through, put my passport in the little machine, opens it up, I stand there. You don't smile. You just stand there looking. Boom, doors open and you walk through and you're away. And they've got to go through the ring roll that I have to go through and I go there. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Why? Because I'm a resident. <laughs> See, this is what British royalty enables. It enables you citizenship in another country because of the British passport. For we are under the kingdom which the Americans didn't want to be part of. Just saying. Kingdom. And because I have kingdom access, I can go to England, Germany, New Zealand, and move with the authority because of the identity. Now, well, they're convicts. They're from England. I mean, they're prisoners. That's what POMs are, prisoner of Mother England. They were convicts sent to Australia. It's true. Go learn. You need to get this, I'm telling you. I'm right on track, brother. <laughs> so we are citizens of this new kingdom. And because we're citizens of this new kingdom, remember, formerly we weren't. Formerly we were in the flesh. Formerly, we were separated from the commonwealth of Israel, from the covenant, from the promises. But someone bought a price. Someone was sent and bought a price for us who died and rose again and said, you know what? The covenant is of the spirit. And I'm sending my spirit into the church, into my people, because there were Israelites that didn't receive Christ, weren't there? There were Jews that actually weren't yet saved who rejected the Messiah. Why? Because they were of the flesh like we were of the flesh. He said, we're not out of freedom. What do you mean freedom? Our father's Abraham. He said, your father's the devil. Didn't go down too well. <laughs> so you need to receive me. I'm the Messiah. You need to receive. You need to repent. You didn't hear John the Baptist's message of repent of your sin. Why are you coming out, you brood of vipers? See the oneness? Is that not our issue too? Was that not their issue? Two people being made into one people of the Spirit. It does not mean there is not a role for them going forward. So we are citizens now 
being built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, gifts that God has sent, people that he has sent. But Christ Jesus himself is the cornerstone in which these giftings launch from, in whom the whole building being fitted together, don't you like that? Not individually. We're not individuals. We're being fitted together, interdependent on one another. Dependent on him, interdependent. We're being fitted together into a building, is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the what? Spirit. So right back to the start, Jesus builds his church. We are the workmanship of his hands. He builds it. He is the Spirit, so he builds it in the Spirit with himself, for he is the Word. The word that built creation and spoke into being is the same word we must receive through the power, the vehicle of the Spirit, if we're going to be built and come into the reality of what Paul is in. Paul wrote this because he was in the reality of it. He's not writing from an empty place. He's writing from a revealed knowledge. That's what gives you the authority to write it, to speak it. Nothing else, nothing more. You're in it through revelation, which means now when you speak, there's an impartation of power. For the words that we speak are not what? Human words, not words of logic. They are words of the Spirit. They are thoughts of the Spirit. So if you try and understand anything I've just said in your mind, you'll be lost. God wants to renew your mind, but understanding starts where? In the spirit, in the heart. So you need to be able to what? Hear. If the pattern is God spoke and foundation was created, do you think that's the same pattern? So why do we try and understand it in our brain? Through our own logic and our own reason. Because we are still operating from the wisdom of the world and we have not yet surrendered that operating system. And you will never grasp what sits right in front of you. Like I said this morning, it's right in front of you, but you'll be like the blind two men on the road who were sad and downcast. Because you couldn't see the life that was right in front of you. Then when it was spoken, you couldn't hear it. Yet it creates life. We are the building. That he is building a temple of who? His spirit. Do you think if his spirit is fully manifesting in the church, the world are going to notice? Do you think you're going to have testimonies to shout about to the rooftops and to anyone and everyone that will listen? I think so. Let's be his workmanship. Let's be the work of his hands so we can make a sound that sounds like him. Amen. So, Father, I pray right now you would cement everything that's been spoken that was of you. If there's anything that's come out of my mouth that wasn't of you, God, I pray it would just fall now to the ground. And it would have no life. Father, you are building a phenomenal people, 
a people of power and strength and hope and life and joy and peace and patience. These people will be gentle with one another. They will be so patient with one another. But Lord, they will have life and power and they will also encourage and urge people into and believe and pray for people to enter. Lord, there's a tension with it, Father, that people were in awe of the people of God and were attracted but at the same time were scared because there was so much life coming out of them. The way they lived was not normal. It wasn't of earth. It was selfless and abundant. And this is who we are called to be. So God, I pray you would infuse what's been spoken into our hearts and our minds. I pray you would open our eyes to see of our hearts and ears to hear. And you would bring understanding to our minds this beautiful gift you've given us called our mind would have your mind and no longer think carnally, no longer try and figure it out through logic and reason, but would receive revelation, that we would eat from the tree of life, life, the tree of revelation, not reason and logic and natural. For you've come to build us in the image of your son. And we thank you for the work that is done and that is being done and will be done as we go forward together. May we grapple with the questions tonight. May we be honest and vulnerable with the questions tonight in front of each other and encourage one another and pray for each other into more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, guys. Questions are on your table. Just maybe nominate someone again and start wrestling for what's there.